Welcome into, I think, episode number three. We don't put labels on it. This is around the loop. Hot start, man. <laughs> I think episode three, uh, Lucas, Larry, Jack, Will G. We talk about Chicago and Chicago sports only. Um, huge day around the NFL. Rodgers is a Packer. Russell Wilson's a Bronco. Uh, not much effect other than Justin Fields being the second best quarterback in the conference. Round of applause, round of applause. It's, it's the little things. Um, bro, we're going to talk uh, about Bulls, uh, Cubs, Sox, and the Bears today. No Blackhawks talk. You won't get Blackhawks talk from us unless we invite on Patrick Kane himself. Uh, start with the Bulls. 0-14, guys. I'm nervous. No panic button yet, but I'm nervous. Talk to it you seems about. like that trendy stat of the day. You know, there. It seems like all, all the big sports accounts tweet the same stat uh, for about a two-day span, and every tweet gets at least a thousand or two thousand retweets. It's fine. I'm not buying into the panic. Uh, the Bulls have been banged up all year, and I'm not a guy to make excuses. But I'm staying on that hill. That's that's valid. It's valid, right? Because you look at all those games. They probably win. Seven of them, they go at least 500 if they're at full strength in half those games, I think. Yeah, Larry's definitely not a White Sox fan. I've seen this shit before. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. Someone's got to step up. DeMar, I mean, I think this season's bound to take a toll on DeMar. You know, I'm not saying I'm not going to go ahead and predict an injury or anything, but I think at some point um, Billy's going to have to realize that DeMar's, you know, just been carrying this team through this stretch of injuries. Granted, I do I do understand. I think we'll get three of our top six players back from injury. I think we've been playing, you know, 90% of the season so far without uh, P-Dub, Lonzo, Caruso, that combination at least, obviously, with Pat Will getting injured early. Um, I think those are three of our six best players. And, you know, I'm not going to discredit that, but um, I just I just don't ha- – I haven't seen – enough to convince me and you know I, I saw this shit in the MLB season last year so I guess I'm a little pessimistic right now you're not wrong you're not wrong about the the White Sox point and you know even if you are healthy it, there becomes a time where I don't know it, this is such an apples to oranges comparison um, but I'm coming off of the Bradley Braves season just wrapping up and they had a few injuries here and there throughout the season, but they're arguably their best player. And one of their only seniors was out for the vast majority of the conference season. There came a time where there was a little bit of speculation as to whether or not he'd come back at the end of the season. He didn't. But you start to think, okay, if he came back for Arch Madness for the MBC tournament, would that have thrown off the gel of the guys that are on the court? And so you start to look at the Bulls, who have had so many different pieces missing at so many different times of the season. Almost everybody's been out pretty much except DeMar, knock on wood right now. Um, that, you know, you put all those pieces together, who knows if it'll click. So that's another thing to consider. I think the main, the main guy who's going to lose out on this, which I hate to see, is Io, because we're getting two guards put right back in the lineup who are going to, play his position, take those minutes away from him. And he stepped up and been great and shown us that we've got a steal. But 
Uh, you know, I'm hoping to see maybe uh, Billy will work in like some small forward minutes for Io or something like that, where you can still yeah. use kind of his athleticism on the court. Defensively, of course, it's always nice to have him, but you know, I just want to see him out there. So I hope it doesn't, you know, get pushed to the back end. I trust Billy. I yeah, trust. I do too. I mean, I feel like a big example would be like how we used Thaddeus Young last season after we seen Jim Boylan have no use for him at all. I think that like just uh, an athletic type style guy, play him at any position, not really. I mean, obviously you can't play the sumo at the five, but like move him around. I mean, we got Javante Green playing the four the entire year. So like, I think Billy Donovan will uh, still find a way to get him a good amount of minutes. Um, and anything's better than watching Troy Brown Jr., you know, Matt Thomas, those guys play. Um, and going back to what you said, three of our top six players, Lucas, yes, but honestly, probably our three best defensive players. Like, if you really look at the lineup, they're probably our three best defenders. I'd say Lonzo and Caruso, no doubt. We haven't really seen much from Pat Will, considering we only got five games of his second season. But everyone always talks about, you know, just like you even seen the stars last year, KD, LeBron talk about, like, you can just feel that in them. So I feel like they're definitely our top three defenders. And I I, I am worrisome about them gelling, uh, Larry. But I feel like even just a few weeks you can kind of get into the motion and get the vibes rolling when it comes to basketball. I feel like it's sometimes maybe even easier. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I play rec league ball, so I guess I really don't have like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, but in the rec league, man, you know, it's just depends. All you need is that one pickup guy, you know, and then your team just flows together a lot better. But um. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we get a couple weeks. Caruso got cleared today for full contact. You get a couple weeks of these guys, you know, moving together in some regular season play, then I think that if they can get the home court advantage, uh, get a top four seed, then uh, they can they can get into the first round, win the first round, and then who knows there from the second round. This team could be scary with all those guys jumped together moving forward. If they can get, you know, a couple weeks of play, in a first round win, then, you know, all it takes is that momentum and it's a little bit scary. The scary playoff bracket. You think about the top teams. I mean, I think like me. No rec Ryan, league teams in there. Yeah, there's no, there's no rec league teams. We're not messing around with the play-in tournament. We're getting right into the thick of it. I mean, I was looking at it. I think maybe one of the more, more favorable first round matchups would be Boston. I mean, I think that's a team we've played well against. We had a good comeback early on and, it's scary to think that that might be one of the teams that I'd rather see compared to the rest of the field. We've so we, uh, where's Atlanta sitting right now? Eight. I wouldn't mind smoking some, some Trey Young. Oh, yeah. I would take Atlanta. We've balled them. Pack. That, that'd be ideal. I think, I think Atlanta's the best first round matchup. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not sure how realistic that is though. I'd have to look, but yeah, I don't Dude, I'd be yeah. sick to play Brooklyn in the first round. Right. That's what scares me. Atlanta's at 10 right now. Oh, okay. We've played them well this year, though. Brooklyn, we have. Other than that, you know, like 40-point loss that we had at home on ESPN. Um, I think we were 2-0, 3-0 before that. So, like, the Bulls have beaten good teams. Like, everyone's looking at it now. Like, how the records show now. Like, Oh, Bulls can't beat good teams. They've beaten good teams. They've beaten the Celtics twice this year. They've beaten the Nets twice this year. They've beaten the Nuggets twice this year. They've beaten the Jazz, yeah. I think, twice. They've yeah. beaten 
Jazz for sure. Um, it's just those top dogs that we're looking at right now that we haven't been able to get over the hump and we're missing our top, you know, our top defenders. It's, it's, it's definitely a scary thing, but one thing sits in my mind and, you know, I, this was spoken about last night, actually with, you know, Tristan Thompson, um, 2011 bulls four and zero against the Miami heat in the regular season, gentlemen sweep in the conference finals four, one. Took us five games. Yeah, we don't have LeBron, but Tristan Thompson said it, man. We've got a damn good roster. We do. If these guys can gel together, we've seen them all. When they are all healthy, this team flows well. Flows well. It does. And, you know, I think we're, we're, we got a really deep roster. We don't have Giannis. No, we don't have Kevin Durant. No, but we've got a deep, well-rounded team. And with good coaching and good momentum, I, I think – I think we can, I think we can go far. It's just a matter of getting healthy and gelling together, man. And what can we do against Embiid? Yeah, he dude, 40 points automatically every game. Dude, he just owns us. What does he have? Five straight 30 plus games against the Bulls? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vucevic, man. Smoke, smoke. Yeah, I'm I don't expect Vuce to stop Embiid, a combination of Thompson, Bradley, Vooch. There's got to be some sort, something that we're starting to figure out. I mean, he's destroying us. Like, it's not getting better. It's not like we're making right adjustments. And well, like, I think last night, dude, what did we lose by? 10? It was a tight game, yeah. like five minutes left. Mm-hmm. And no Vooch. And that's the best guy that we had to, to go against him. Like, we're, we're keeping the games tight, at least. Like, yeah, you have that blowout against the Warriors and a blowout against the Nets, but every game that we played with the Bucks has been like a four-point game. Dude, that last Bucks game was so frustrating. That, 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 that's the worst. Uh, the buildup to that game was so high and so much. It was, it was all the fuck Grayson Allen talk yeah. and all that leading, that, leading through three in, in pretty convincing fashion. And then you go and blow it. That's that's tough, man. That's yeah, tough. It hurt like a bitch. And I like it's just it's like I, I don't think it's panic button time, but I, I'm worried. I'm worried. I am. I was March like after all. I'd like to see it sooner than later because, like Larry said, like it might take some time to gel. So you don't want to see that. Like you want to practice before you get into that playoff environment. Yeah, totally. That's why it's definitely nice to see. I think that P-Dub and Caruso, they're like a little bit ahead of schedule from what I've heard. Or I think Lonzo I saw at some point was ahead of schedule. So maybe that's just teams liking to be more optimistic. But, you know, absolutely. Hopefully, that in, you know, next week or two, we'll have all three of those on the court. That'd be nice to see. 100%. And I feel like what a good a good example is Caruso was out what before his one game back with Grayson Allen that broke his wrist. He was out a couple weeks at least, damn near a month maybe. He came back and automatically had an impact. You know, he was playing good basketball against the Bucs on the road, shorthanded. I know we didn't have Levine that game. Um, no Javante Green that game. No Derek Jones Jr. that game. Obviously, no Patrick Williams or Alonzo Ball. He came back and he, he immediately, you know, playing well, playing good in just his first game back. And I think that, you know, if he can get back into the lineup, 
he gets gelled in there, then I feel like it'll just be easier kind of even if we go like one by one instead of maybe all three at once. And that kind of seems to be the schedule that they're on. Caruso is the only one right now cleared for full contact, and I'm sure P-Dub is going to be coming in soon. So if we can get these guys maybe just slipped in real quick one by one, few games, new guy in, few games, new guy in, few games, gel together, like I said, build up for the playoffs, and then who knows from there? Who knows from there? But we got to stop Embiid. <laughs> Dude, I hate it. I hate, well, I hate playing the 76ers so much. And how, George Yang, who the fuck, who the, the, the fucking Iowa State fuck? Oh my God, he kills us every fucking time. I want to, it's like the Heat dude. Who's the Heat dude with the fucking um, cornrows? I want to smack him. It's like these dudes oh, average four points a game until they play the Chicago Bulls. And here, it's let me drop five threes and 20 piece. And I want to smack the fuck out of them because I don't know these no-name fucks. And then they come and smoke our shit on prime time in front of the nation. Last reason I think that definitely scares me is <laughs> the style of um, play that, like, the Bucks and the 76ers have. It's, like, possession by possession. They can, like, pick you apart like and find your weakness like especially with their strengths Giannis and Embiid two bigs that can have the offense completely go through them completely any given day just dump the ball down and your offense just completely gets opened up and our our style is fun and it's fast and you know when we're shooting well we're great and that can obviously win games and you know we've beaten the good teams like we talked about but I think our half court offense at times it's DeMar and if DeMar is getting doubled then pass it to Zach and see what he can do. And I think maybe it's almost more fun to watch. Nothing's more fun to watch than DeMar in the fourth quarter taking over and that automatic mid-range game. You know he's going to do his body. He's making it. But when these other guys come in and we get an offense going and people start to move the ball better and we get these open shots that I don't necessarily see as much when the offense goes through DeMar. But when the offense is going through guys like Embiid and Giannis, that's exactly what it does for them. It opens up the complete other side of their team. And that's why I think, you know, we get guys like Nang, like, um, was it Struss from um, DePaul who, who like went off against us. It's like these shooters have like these crazy good shooting games because, you know, our strategy so far is to double guys like Embiid and Giannis in the post and then be fast enough and long enough to make up when it gets swung around. So I think that's been the glaring, glaring hole, I think, uh, defensively and, Definitely what scares me um, about those two teams in particular, which, you know, we're going to have to run into one of them if we're going to make it out of the East. No, yeah, you you nailed it on the head there. And I feel like that's just kind of been always about, like, that's kind of just always been Billy's thing. Even when he was with, you know, OKC, it just kind of all, everything went through Russ. And he was on, it worked, and it did a lot. But, you know, it you could never win the big game and get by. But um, well, we're deep here. I see with, uh, like, the scary thing about Milwaukee is uh, they just have multiple guys that can just, like, control the tempo. Like, that's so important once it gets to playoff time, like running that half-court offense and being able to get a bucket, like, every time down, not just using your athleticism. Like, that's just scary because we'll double Embiid, but – or not Embiid, but we'll double Giannis, and then they've got Chris Middleton uh, and – they can all run the offense, and it's just scary. 
Yeah, and that was like a thing. I feel like a, a thing we all saw watching that Milwaukee game towards the end. It was like their backdoor cuts when we'd make a slip on Giannis. Like our, our defense wasn't rotating enough, and you know they were just picking it apart towards the end. And then you then we'd get down there, and Demar's getting doubled. We're rushing, and we've got fucking Derek Jones Jr. on the floor, and then I'm getting annoyed, and it's like it just. It's just not the not the right pieces on the floor that I want. And I well, think maybe we can we can we, we can get to that. I think you know with like I think Crusoe's a very smart offensive player as well. He's much better defensively, but he rotates well. He cuts well. He you know he he get that that Jeff Hauser motion, baby. That he motions well. He has space as well. He does everything well. He's not you know a consistent shooter and a consistent scorer. But he, you know, he moves well. And so does Lonzo. And I feel like, yeah, dude, yeah. Lonzo is what I'm pick apart an offense, pass the ball well. So, you know, I feel like it's just been so long now with those guys being out is why, you know, we get more frustrated with the half court offense uh, not being the way it is. And uh, once they come back, maybe it'll get better. I think that's like you said, me being more optimistic. Yeah, Lonzo's going to fix that. You're right. It, once we get a point guard back that, is selfless and like, and not that Demar's not selfless, but like Lonzo is for sure a pass first, you know, an offense set up the offense type guy, and he just makes the it. right play. Like, yeah, seems like every time. Exactly. Yeah, super smart, super smart. That's something that LeBron's always talked about too. Like from the short time they played together, like that's something I think you know I had kind of an idea that all the Ball brothers they're just like showy and like especially with the dad coming out before I saw him like play for the Bulls. It's just like it just trying i don't know it didn't seem authentic i guess or like legitimate enough to right. make an impact but dude's a hell of a ball player like super smart and just understanding the game oh i agree dude yeah i i feel like it's like one of those guys where you like you know like you don't like you said you don't really notice until he's on your team and you just kind of think it's just like all the hype and all that and you know they had the facebook show and it was like lonzo and his girlfriend drama like it was some reality tv show and i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> Yeah, I was excited about signing myself, but you really don't see his true talents until like you're you're watching it live for your team. Can't say I watched that show. I yeah. watched it, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. It's like Euphoria, pretty much. I don't know why I watched it, but Chino <laughs> Hills is basically Euphoria. Ball in the family. <laughs> honestly, oh, I had something else to say about the Bulls, but no, I like baseball talk now. Yeah, MLB lockout, guys. How are you guys? One of those nights, Nightingale's fingers are getting a little hot right now. Man, I'm getting a lot of tweet notifications right now. I went silent on the Bulls there for a minute because I was trying to catch up on what's going on in New York. Um, 9.38 over there. Yeah. Late night. Progress, but uh, not enough. Are we? Is it going to be another week? Is that what they're hearing? I think – it depends if something gets done quick, it's going to be because the players cave in and I don't see that happening because they've been pretty adamant. I mean, Mike Trout coming out and saying like, this is for the next generation. Rizzo, I think said something along the same lines. This is for the next, you know, wave of players and the biggest disparity and like the biggest gap in the two offers is with the pre-arbitration pool, which Mm -hmm. is money that goes to the really good young players. And so, I mean, they're like, MLB still is asking for like over twice as much as um, or the players are asking for uh, twice as much in that pool 
um, as to what the owners have offered so far. And this is like their best offer to date for sure. So that's what scares me. Like there's a lot of ground to make up for sure there. Definitely. And um, one thing I, I see a lot of people tweet is about, okay, in a good negotiation, both sides have to make compromises. Players have compromised more than the owners in the last, you know, five, four collective bargaining agreements. So now they're trying to make up ground. I think we talked about this on the last podcast or a few podcasts ago. Maybe it was the hit by pod, but, um, you know, it's been a while since the players have won a negotiation, uh, if ever. Uh, it's been a while. Um, so they're trying to make up that ground here and the owners kind of take that personally, like Lucas said, I don't see the players folding. Uh, they've been very united, uh, on the same page, at least in their messaging outwardly behind the scenes, who knows, maybe it's a little different. I think the only time that I think we're really, really going to see a change, you know, MLB is big on this deadline talk. Oh, we have to get a deal done today in order to not postpone opening day. We have to get a deal done today in order to have a full season. The real deadline that the, the only deadline that the owners care about is if 25 games get canceled after 25 games, the owners owe regional sports television networks money because of a labor dispute. Those are, that's the number that's in all the contracts. If they get to that point, I think we'll start to see the, the owners maybe start to make some concessions and real progress. I hope we don't get to that point, but I've got a bad feeling that that's going to happen because of course money talks, money's at the root of this. They don't care that the players are going to lose some money. They're going to start caring when their pocketbooks hurt and they start to have to pay some money when nothing's happening. Biblical losses, Larry. Biblical losses. I yeah, just, so, oh, so Larry's point, this is now the third time that they've made a deadline and we're still at the point where if a deal gets done today, we're going to have 162 games full season. So it's like it wasn't a real deadline at 5 p.m. on whatever a week ago. It wasn't a real what? deadline that night when they um, moved it to the next day because they were making progress. Is it a real deadline today? Because they're still saying you we can come to an agreement tonight and still have 162. So it's like clearly the owners have a little bit of a bluff going on if this is now the third time that that's changed. And uh, to Larry's other point, um, I think um, what Jason Hayward posted was uh, pretty spot on. They make so much money off of the playoffs because, I mean, well, now especially they're trying to add go from either 10 to 12 teams, which the players have agreed to in the playoffs. And it seems like we're talking about getting a deal done with the 12-team playoff. That would be ideal. But when this, you know, I'd say inevitably doesn't happen and the uh, league starts to cancel these games and we get close to that 25 games, all they have to do is add in two more teams to the playoffs. They get another series, another round of revenue, um, that starts to make up for some of those. And maybe it's, you know, still a week past that. So um, I think that's a good idea of like when we'll start to see some sides really start to like give up their end. Um, but I think, you know, even it might be a little bit longer than that too. All right. So first of all, 
you know, I don't have much to say. You know, I don't, I'm not, I like baseball. I watch baseball, but when we start to getting technical with stuff like that, it's where you kind of lose me a little bit. You know, I, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to this section. All I know is 50% of the league should not be a postseason team. That's bullshit. You know, it doesn't take an idiot to know that. I think 14 teams in a 32-man league is idiotic, and that's how I feel about the NFL. 14 teams in a 30-man league is fucking nuts. Nuts. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It feels participation award bullshit. That's what it feels like. I know me and they have talked about this. We looked at, I mean, the playoff field that you had this past year. Perfect where the teams, you know, it was the NL, that second NL wildcard spot was the one spot in the playoffs. We were like, okay, maybe none of these teams are deserving. This, we're getting around the 500 mark for this last playoff spot. But everyone else who's in the playoffs, they're a good team. You know, any of these teams could win it for the most part. We had teams like the Brewers who a lot of people forget about. You know, they're, you know, just some the good teams made it to the playoffs. You add two more, then maybe we get two or three teams now that are around that 500 mark. You add two more on top of that, and it's like, okay, these teams aren't even good teams that are in the playoffs now. Like, they're it's just – Exactly. Major League Baseball has got the longest regular season in all of professional sports. What's the point of adding to the playoffs that takes so much importance away from – those 162 games at the heart of baseball the the long regular season has always been so so important you go back to the days when the national league regular season winner would play the american league regular season winner for the world series i'm not saying we don't have we have to go back to that that would be stupid but it's just it's so far from what baseball should be because if you add so many more teams to the playoffs, it de-emphasizes, you know, that everyday grind that exactly. baseball has been and probably always will be unless they, you know, cut the regular season to 82 games one of these years. Um, it, it's just frustrating. I don't, I don't understand it. Not a full cut in half. No, no. I was being sarcastic, but okay. um, we're moving in that direction. Yeah. Not very much, but a little bit. Think about, like, the NBA, too. A team we've already seen this. They have play-ins now. Most of the teams, like, there's a good chance that even if you're a bad team, you have a chance to play in and you're in the playoffs. If you're an MLB player, you have 162 games ahead of you, and you know there's a 45% chance you're going to make the playoffs. Coach, I'm going to sit this one out. Coach, I'm going to sit this next one out. I'm taking a few days off a week. I mean – for sure, load management's going to become a thing in baseball. I mean, people aren't – I mean, there's no reason to play your your stars every single game. There's no reason to have them exactly. play 150 games if you only really need them for 90 of them. If you win, you know, most of those and then a few of the other ones that they sit out, well, you're in the playoffs already. It doesn't really matter. You got it as good of a shot as anyone. This, this last year, how many postseason teams was there, 12? So you've got the three division winners and two wild card winners ten. from each league. Ten. So this last one, there was only ten. Ten. Yeah. The COVID year was when there was twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. No, no. even more, right? It was top two, then the next two, so it was sixteen. Yep. 
That's crazy. Holy shit. That was a lot. That was a lot. So this last one was 10. It was great. Yeah. What you were talking about, what the Blue Jays didn't make it, and they were one of the tight teams there. Mm-hmm. But after that, like who would – I'm trying to think of like who would be a post – the Reds would be a postseason team, I'm assuming. I know they were close on that bubble range. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't seem – I feel like that – like you guys are saying, it nails it. And I just look at it in an NFL example because this is just me being fo- football meathead dumbass just ref- – you know, comparing everything to the NFL. Eagles got ball meathead dumbass. Well, great. <laughs> shit stomped the seven seed to the two seed. Buck shit stomped Eagles. Um, and fucking Steelers got fucked by the Chiefs. Like, oh, yeah, dude. Dude, that it, round was horrible. And it sucks, man. It really does. It, I think 14 and 32 is awful. And then in the, like you said, with the NBA, 16 out of what, 30? There are only 30. And they make, and that's even like 10 in a play. Like you literally have fucking 20 out of the, like two 20 out of, yeah, 20 out of 30 teams pretty much. It's March Madness. Like that's, yeah, it's, it's, that's March Madness at that point. Yeah. Exactly. It's just way too much for me. Like, and I, I loved what Larry said takes away from that like everyday grind aspect which yeah and like i think back to the that last week of the regular season the crazy ridiculous scenarios of all these three-way ties for that al east i mean that was one of the most exciting ways you could end a regular season too like even the fact you talk about a good team and the blue jays not making it but we had a hell of a race for that those two wild card spots because you had an amazing division i mean and that's why you get that regular season like that long-term regular season and it still comes down to it because these teams are so good and, yeah, it would have been cool to see them all in the playoffs, I guess. But I don't know what really would have changed, you know? I mean. No, it's the uh, fun in it. Exactly. That's the fun that's, in it. That's yeah. the fun in it. There's winners and losers. They add this They add this uh, 17th uh, or the 7th game, you know, um, or what, that is the end of the season, like, they, they, they played a 163, right? I think so. Two years ago. All right. There was a tiebreaker. This last okay. This last season, if there's 14 playoff teams, they're not like we're not even even amped up about those last few series or those right. last few games. Like there's no there's no fun in that. And yeah, because well, I'm not really sure what it is, but they have the idea of like selection shows where the highest remaining seed gets to select their opponent. The hell is like this that. March Madness? It's so weird. Yeah, exactly. It, I don't get it. I kind of just li- like ah God. Go yeah, ahead, I don't Jack. like. I kind of. I don't even know if I would even like that as a team. Like choosing my opponent, like maybe that's bulletin like, board like, material, huh? That's bulletin board material. You choose a team, they're gonna be pissed. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's. Just I feel like you want to play whoever. Like you're like we're down to just beat whoever. Yeah, that's what I would tell him. I'm like, give us, give us whoever. <laughs> give us the bad one. <laughs> unless unless <laughs> this team is just awful. No, yeah, exactly. I like that puts a target on your back. Like, but like oh, it yeah. does. I feel like it does. If like you're trying to win a championship, like that's that's a bad like. I don't know. That's kind of like a bad way to set the tone. Taking the easy way out is that bad like look? True champion. I mean, like obviously, like you, if it's obvious, like you're gonna make the easier decision but i don't know right exactly then what's i the just point? don't like the element yeah it's just like <laughs> yeah. base baseball 
as much as managers play righty-lefty matchups, it's not a matchup game like football or basketball. Like the the personnel, the pure personnel, I, I feel like just it matters less, yeah. right? Every team roughly has the same amount of left-handed pitchers and power bats and contact guys and guys that steal bases. And sure, obviously, teams are constructed differently and every team looks differently generally, but you play almost everybody throughout the regular season and you get a chance to see everybody. And at the end of the day, you play the same game. It's not like you can adjust your style of play. The bottom line is this. Baseball needs to be baseball. It's not going to be football. It's not going to be college basketball. Just do what you do well. And that's just play a game without a clock. Pitch clock aside, that's fine. And just just play. Yeah, I like that. I like that, Larry. I love. I like that too, Larry. Yeah, baseball needs to be baseball. I agree. Wow, thanks. Guys. I feel like they're coming up with like too many, too many stupid things to you know try and save baseball. It's like I feel like there's, you know, better ways to fix it. Yeah. How about you worry about like fixing the league that you already have in front of you, like without changing the game itself. Like fix the players who have played the game that you've set the rules for. That I don't know. I guess I sound old saying this to myself, but baseball does need to be baseball. I like that. Shift is banned, question oh. mark, correct? Yeah, I think Thoughts that's baseball yeah. Thoughts awful. I loved it. Saw a tweet yesterday, said, imagine the NFL banning two high safeties because a quarterback can't complete a deep ball. Oh. How about ban- the NFL banning a, a, a block in the back? Because, no, nah, it's player safety. I have no – there's no comparison. It's so weird. <laughs> I was it's so, so stupid. It's stupid because if they just left it, that that's a problem that it was going to correct eventually. It was going to correct itself. You get guys that learn how to hit to all fields, it's, it's not a problem. Um, or just lay down a bunt every time that you've got all the infielders standing on the right side. But instead now, it's just going to reinforce the habit of guys just absolutely swinging out of their shorts and not really caring where it goes. It takes some strategy and it takes some skill out of the game, um, which, again, I don't know. It, it's weird. I mean, people have shifted for such a long time. People shifted for Ted Williams, and he still hit 400. I, I think, like, if you look at the league, the best – the best hitters who, you know, banning the shift, they're going to remain the best hitters. They're not really shifted guys. Like Gallo is a big one. He's nobody considers Joey Gallo to be the one of the top hitters in the league. The dude strikes out like 300 times a series and, you know, he's got big power numbers and he gets shifted again. So maybe his average will go up slightly, but I mean, the best hitters you think of Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Mike Trout, these guys use the full field. Like, they're just hitters. They know the game well. They know their swing. They, you know, I, I don't – I can't think of, like, one of the top guys that I think of just being, like, a, a pull-type guy other than, you know, Yasmani Grandal, but best catcher in the league. So, that, that's all right. <laughs> but seriously, I think, yeah, like Larry said, like, the best hitters and the guys who are going to be the, the greats, the, be- the best players in this league, you know, it's not an issue. This isn't going to change anything. So. 
I'm just not really sure like what the end goal of this is, what's really going to make the game better about it. We got a point here that it's so contradictory. Major League Baseball wants faster games, but banning the shift is going to make longer games, more offense, and maybe, you know, more pitching adjustments, more mound visits, even though teams Mm -hmm. are limited, and more matchups. So it's strange to say the least love it boys that was good that was good you guys i wish i could send it to rob himself you can because what you guys have come i have i can y'all know his email and deliver it we'll go to new york (laughs) just the cd just yeah we just need to use masks you know because it'll be cold in new york just full, wear it full black just for whatever reason and just hand him a suspicious package and say, listen to this. I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be all right with that. Final statements before we move on to Dub Bears. Go Sox. Um, the baseball season is really long and it's not my favorite. <laughs> Damn, Jack. Well, uh, MILB opening day, April 8th. <laughs> Unaffected. So I'll see you guys at ABC Supply Stadium. I wish it was a little. I love it. I love it. Larry is. What were you saying, Jack? You. I just said I wish the season was shorter. Hmm. It's just a lot. It's a lot of games. Like, that's why I like football. Like, that's one of the big reasons I like football. Is dude, just every game just means so much. I mean, yeah. I feel like I don't know anyone who's all watching all six one six two. Honestly. Right. Close to it. Close to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Close to it. For right. sure. But 162 is a lot. It's just a lot of ball. Nobody's asking you to pay attention to 162. I'm sure there is some who pay yeah. attention to all of it. For it's sure. just how it goes, you know. I feel like yeah. if, I, if I hit like the if I hit like a if I hit like the 115 mark, I'm proud of myself. It's a lot of ball. It's a lot of ball. I'm thinking about making the trip up to Beloit. That's all that's on my mind right now. Yeah. Watching. Man, uh, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful ballpark. Uh, but if you can't make it, go ahead and tune in. Tune in, yeah. Or that should be okay this year. So <laughs> well, yeah, true. We want to listen to Larry. We got to watch. We want the Larry. We'll need an earpiece that gives us the Larry. <laughs> hey, well, lucky for you guys, half of our games are road games. Exactly. Love that. That's so convenient that it works out that way. And that awesome, and that just dandy. Very true. Very true. That that is how it works. All right, duh, Bears. Nothing much, you know. Nothing much has happened since uh, we talked. I think we last spoke about you know good old Ryan Poles, George McCaskey, Matt Eberflus, um, Allen Robinson. No tag. Yeah, hidden free agency. He is going to be a free agent. Um, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, all back with their respective teams. So Allen Robinson probably becomes the top receiver on the market available. What does Aaron Rodgers returning mean for the Bears? (laughs) 
I had no idea what that said. I have no idea what that was. <laughs> it was like Hold a... on. I, I gotta I gotta play the sound effect. Hold on. I was just trying to make a sound effect. It means it's bad. <laughs> yeah, was it like the want 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 want? Is that what it was? Sort of. Sort of. I, I'll work on it. You guys discuss. <laughs> All right. Rogers is we'll come up with it. You'll come up. I think we would have seen a really bad division if Rogers didn't come back. I think Rogers probably knew that, and I'm not so sure that that really played much into his decision. But the fact that he's back, you know, I I think there's two teams that are probably better than us right now. Um, if the Packers didn't sign Rogers back, I'm sure they wouldn't tag Devontae. I don't think that anyone would be ready to call them better or a good team. I think the Bears would have just as good of a shot um, post offseason as, you know, um, as they would. So I guess the biggest thing is that we're not just set up for this um, really easy path to, you know, possibly a division where maybe in this alternate universe, free agents really like the fact that they can come and possibly win something. But basically, the news is pretty bad, right, Larry? Yeah, I wish it was just over at some point. <laughs> you guys hear that? Run, run it back, Larry. Uh, that's that's what I was going for. Hold on. Okay. What is that from? Just a fatal yeah, sound that. effect. That's like Tom. Sadness? Yeah. It's from a sad fiddle player. <laughs> oh. From a sad Bears fan. Jack, get your sense in. Um, yeah, I was really in the back of my mind. I was really kind of thinking he was gone after this year. Like, after the last offseason, dude, like, there was just so much turmoil last year, and he was, like, so open, talking about ownership. Like, it was started to look like I started, saw some smoke, so I thought a fire was starting. But it looks like they put it out. How much did he end up actually signing for? Did we get like nothing confirmed? Yeah, well, I'm yeah, like, really interested so. to see what that is. I think that'll definitely. Yeah. Why can't we? Know? At like the 50 million range a year. Four year, 200 million was what that was reported, but they said it was false. But I'm sure it's probably damn close to that. Well, yeah, but, we need to hear what that is because I mean, like it's great for them to have Aaron Rodgers back, but like. You still got to play defense. You got to fill other holes. Like, they didn't win it last year. You lost to San Francisco. Tyler Alexander's probably gone, too. I think, yeah. So, it's really weird because depending on the contract, like, it tells you the two different routes they might go. They might just try and do another last dance. You got Rodgers and Devontae for one more year. See what you can do type deal again like they kind of did last year. But is that really worth it if you're going all in one more year? You're making clear defensive cuts. Like, you're getting worse on defense. But on the other hand, if it's, like, a long-term thing, I can't see any way where it's going to be easy to rebuild that type of team for the Packers. Like, and then what's what's the following step? If this contract is step one, what's step two? Like, is it just going to be Rodgers retire after that and you're back to square one? You're not going to have Jordan Love. You're going to have to draft another quarterback, and which means, you know, giving Rodgers less weapons. Like, the contract means a lot, I think, because either way, there's pros and cons, depending if it's short-term or long-term. But, I mean, we just got to find out. Issue is with if it's long-term, I think. Well, not an issue. This could be better for us as Bear fans. 
with a long-term deal, we're seeing probably pushed back money. We're seeing money into the future heavily. Same thing if Devontae Adams signs. And we're talking about a 30-year-old receiver and 38-year-old quarterback. Still playing at a high level, yes. Which would, you know, obviously give them a little bit of space to, you know, re-sign their players. Probably make zero additions to their already, you know, current roster. So, yeah, they could sign Jair Alexander. They're probably going to lose to Darius Smith. They're probably going to lose Preston Smith. You know, Sean Gary stepping up. He's playing good, good ball. Um, Devondre Campbell said he would return on a team-friendly deal. Same with uh, the motherfucker. The, uh, the guy in the secondary who uh, – Razul yeah. Douglas? Yeah, Razul Douglas, who, you know, practice squad player, came out of nowhere, yada, yada, yada. Okay. We all see these one-year wonders. Whatever. Backload these contracts. Do it. Like, seriously. Yeah. That, that, that's what I love. Like, because I believe, you know, they're in cap hell. With this current roster, they can't win a fucking Super Bowl. It was shown this year. And so go ahead and backload all these contracts and watch Green Bay burn to the ground. That's what I would love to see. Um, maybe, you know, I'm going to fucking eat my words, as I always do, when it comes to talking about Bears, Bears Packers. But a long-term deal, I can get behind that. Because that means backloaded money and hell in Green Bay in like three seasons, right when the Bears roster is peaking. And that's when, bam, take over the North for a decade, baby. Come on. Come on. See, look, this is me. I, you know, watching him walk off of that field in Lambeau, I for sure probably thought, yeah, last game, probably retirement, going out like that, you know, when he's making all these last dance remarks, he's already uh, got a huge cloud uh, in his head. I was like, there's no way he's going to want to even try and come back. You know, he just like, he looked bad doing this like whole last dance thing and literally just to get first round bounce at home. When he, after years of him saying, we got to get one of these in Green Bay and then back to back years, him losing in Green Bay. I couldn't believe it, honestly. Like, it's awesome. So I'm honestly cool with the re-signing. Like I am, you know, I'm sh- I was like, if you told me that he re-signed the day that he lost to the 49ers, I was shocked last week. You tell me he re-signed. I'm not, this is what it means to me. Where's the fun. In- where's the fun in him leaving? You know, it sucks. Yes. I know we're probably not going to win the fucking division this year. It would probably be not gonna win it next year. Ryan Poles. I bet you was going to bust his ass just a little bit harder now, knowing that he's got to overcome Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Poles is going to bust his ass just a slight bit harder just Joe wants it the hard way, man. I don't want to earn that fucking shit, do. baby. Where you want to be the best, beat the fucking best. Come on. Y'all I like that attitude. You? Y'all want it handed to you? Hell Think no. of how good that would feel, though, to, like, actually just take it from Rodgers. Exactly. Exactly my point. It would feel a thousand times better. He leaves, and we go on to win the North this year. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I ain't bitching. But I was I was gonna say what not, you're oh, not gonna take complain. a division title with no Rodgers. I, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. But it will feel a thousand times better taking it from his hands. You guys just tell me. Just go ahead and look back three years now. Go look back to 2018 when we clinched the North at home, beating Green Bay in 2018. I literally cried on my couch. <laughs> I literally shed tears on my couch when we beat Aaron (laughs) Rodgers at home to clinch the North. I literally cried. But but here's the thing. But here's the thing. That's like the only big game we've won against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers 
ever. And I still want it the hard way, baby. I still want to. I'm not ready to cash. I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to be done. Man. No, I can't. I'm not ready to cash my chips in. It's like the poker game, 4 a.m. You just want to keep buying and we're out. You want to buy them in. You sound like a gambling addict. Face. No, I'll do it Eddie. again. No, I'll get him this year. No, we'll win the division. He'll retire after that. Hey, the KGB sitting across the table from me, baby. And I want to take him down. And I want to take him down. I want to go three stacks of high society. Dude, we got you. KGB. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about the more surprising move today, though, because I actually think that means more to the Bears. Because I, I guess I would say I assumed Rodgers would be a Packer still. And Russell even the Seahawks maybe doesn't mean a lot on the surface, but I think it opens up the possibility that a guy like Tyler Lockett, I mean, we just saw right before this, right before we started filming, Bobby Wagner, for sure Hall of Famer, best linebacker of the past 10 years, I'd say. Um, still very good Pro Bowl level player. Got cut just to save money. I mean, they got a haul back from Russ, yeah, but Wagner just getting cut, getting released wow. straight up. I Who else is next? I mean, Lockett and Russ had this close relationship. They loved each other. I mean, they succeeded for sure. Now that Russ is gone, is a third-round pick going to get Lockett to Chicago? Two-thirds? What is he, 30? A third and a fourth? I'd like to see that. I'd love to see DK. You know, I'd love, you're telling me right now that we don't give up next year's first for DK Metcalf? I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. That's tough. Yeah, no, giving up next we're not year. getting anyone better, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think, you know. Are the Bears in a position where they want to make moves just for right yeah. now? That is that is why I'm hesitant exactly. to, like, say anything. And, like, all these people come out and it's like, oh, yeah, that'd be a really nice player who fits the position that we need. But Yeah, need so would Aaron Rodgers or right. – yeah, Exactly. I, it's exactly. just like – I think I want to see the draft. I, or I want to see, I guess, obviously free agency is opening a little bit more. So I think the first couple, two big moves they make will really tell us the direction that we'll probably go in the draft and then post that. 100%. But it is hard to warrant, like, spending O-line. Before, O-line. Right? Before we, like, Please. see the direction. No, yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like – like Lucas nailed it on the head with like all these big players. It's like, oh, Amari Cooper's on the market. Yeah, he would fit in all 32 NFL rosters. Like, right. yeah, we need him a little bit more than some other team, but the motherfucker is going to play good football anywhere. And if we signed Amari Cooper, I'm not going to go out and bitch. Like, hell yeah, we signed Amari Cooper. That's a huge weapon for Justin Fields. What I would like to see more now that we're sitting, I think, with around, what, $28 million in cap space, sign, you know, a solid guy. You know, I'm surprised Mike Williams just got 20 million. I did not think Mike Williams was going to cost 20 million dollars to stay around with the Chargers. But sign a solid guy, and like Mike Williams was kind of my solid guy. So sign the next solid guy, like Juju Smith Schuster. Juju, I like, think is going to be yeah. Juju for like 10. He grew up a Bear fan. His dad's a Bear fan. Like oh man, we love those storylines. But like. That's fucking Cole Komet. I wanted to kill someone when we drafted Cole fucking Komet because he <laughs> grew up a fucking bear fed, even though I like his potential now. But I wanted Antoine Winfield Jr. Well, we're also in his third year talking about his potential, so. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to get him. What, on do, you, what do you mean? This dude's got bricks. That's what I mean. He catches the ball like this. 
regardless yeah, that of one fact. catch that one time <laughs> yeah exactly regardless of the fact i want wasn't cole like, Komet supposed to come on the pod yeah there's a chance still so that's why i'm trying to play him nice <laughs> he's i really like him though i can't wait really to see the players build around him yeah you know i'm really i'm looking you know like go sign a guy like juju smith schuster kind of spend your money elsewhere and then kind of you know go like 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 Larry said, we're not in the win now move making business. So go get some solid guys and then build through the draft, like Lucas said, kind of, you know. Completely different industry we're in right now. We're in the Justin Fields industry. <laughs> we are. What is so fucking funny? What am I missing here? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, that was my Larry noise. We'll have to edit that out. Have to edit what out? A lot. Cool, commenting, listening to our podcast. If that's what we're talking about, don't worry, I made up for it. Yeah, we're on good terms. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, I just talked to him. He's cool. Yeah, just talk to him. We're we're good. He's actually you know a bear. He's in Illinois, so I just drove up. House Hall, all good. All right, Jack, your thoughts? Rodgers being back, moves going forward. Um, I mean, I was with Larry. Like, yeah, I was, I was pretty ready for it just to be done. But now that he's staying, I'm definitely down to just beat him, you know? So I'll just take the North, however. <laughs> um, Honestly, like it – but I agree with you too, like – I don't want to win the North just because Aaron's gone. Like I want to make a playoff run and I don't know if that's greedy or not, but like, honestly, like, yeah, I'd like to make the playoffs and that's your goal every year. But like, I really want to be competitive. So I don't want to use that. Like we don't really need him to be gone for us to be good. Let's make some smart moves this off season. Um, I'm really excited for the draft. Um, I have no idea who we're going to pick, but I'm excited to see our new guys really at work here, making some big decisions. See, so we'll get some real answers. True. I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to the off season. It's coming up quick. Yeah. Uh, franchise tags obviously ended today. And I'm just, you know, I'm ready for, I think a week from today, next Tuesday is when free agency opens. I'm juiced. I'm really juiced up about it. I just want to see some sort of direction and then whatever it is, I'm fully on board. Like, oh, thousand percent. Whatever polls decides to do is the right. R is high. I'm concerned. <laughs> Any last statements, boys? Go Cole Komet. <laughs> I mean, sure we'll be, uh, listening, Cole. We'll be talking after, dude, after just the what AK's done. Like, I'm just right. up. <laughs> all the GM. Anything he's doing, it's right until proven. The, there's there's a bug going around. It's contagious. All right, guys. Um, I'm sure we'll be meeting up soon. You know, probably closer to free agency. You know, maybe something gets figured out where we can start start talking uh, pitchers and catchers and uh, spring training ball for Cubs and Sox. Uh, and you know, playoffs are right around the corner for the Bulls. So I'm sure you uh you'll be hearing from us soon, guys. Uh, Larry, Jack, Lucas, Will G, around the loop. Uh, we don't put any headlines on it. Peace.